Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Today's podcast is sponsored by Lit Lovers, the foremost book club website where information around literature comes together in a community of book lovers. In an effort to bring books to the screen, ScreenThoughts.net and Lit Lovers have joined forces to provide book groups with a combination of book and movie reviews. Take your book group to the movies inspired by the books you are reading and let the conversations begin. Truck, wiggle out, jump, run, somebody. I'm scared. I know. This month, our Lit Lovers selection is the book and movie, both entitled Room, and both the book and the screenplay were written by the Irish writer Emma Donahue. So, Hollister, I'm so dying to discuss this book and movie. In one sentence, <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, I found the premise so completely disturbing, but the concept is also completely fascinating. What did you think? It's funny that you should say that, because... In retrospect, when I looked back on both the success of the movie and the Mm -hmm. book, especially the book, by the way, um, I realized that we Americans have this incredible sense of voyeuristic, you know, uh, desire to observe things. And keep in mind that there was the terrible case. This, This book was actually written, she was inspired by the case in Austria, where a father had walled his, uh, his daughter into the basement for, I think it was 12 years, wasn't it? She had three kids or something. But at any rate, the completely that's what disturbing. inspired the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very disturbing. And then also there was the case in America, in Cleveland, where those three women were shackled and uh, in a, in a, in a house for 10 years too. And there's something, the, the awfulness of it, the sheer absurdity and craziness and, and disgusting of everything or surrounding it. We are voyeurs in the end. And I think that's the reason that this book did really well, because I didn't think it was written well. Did you think that the writing was beautifully done? Well, okay, this is where you can just make fun of me, where I say that normally in TV shows... That's my favorite thing to do in a podcast, you're so, so that's no problem. good at it, Hollister. Because you know how many times in movies or TV shows, if there is a child character, I usually say I could live without that character. I loved yeah. the premise yeah. of the book opening where you see it from the perspective of Jack. But the actualization of reading the book from a child's perspective is harder for me because I think the child's voice is too precious. So for example, the use of words... It was also, it was ridiculous. It was like, oh, how can I write like a child? It was stupid. And it was words like fasterer and I didn't brings it and nothing can hot on stove and I don't want to be cut it open and I never knowed there were muscles in my eyes. And so it's the same way I feel when I read a book where it's been transcribed into dialect. It was too much of that for me. That that part was too precious. Well, it was very Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, the, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey has said out loud, I know I'm not a good writer, but I was writing about a topic in a voice that nobody had heard before, and that's why it worked. And this is the same thing. Nobody's ever written a book about such an awful thing from the kid's perspective, but that's why we have to bring this in now. That's why you have to go to the movie. Because the movie, you can see how this has affected everyone else in a way you can't in the book. And so for me, the combination of the book and the movie really, really is good. And the boy in the movie is so good. He's such the a good little actor. actor. Jacob Tremblay. He oh, is remarkable amazing. as the five-year-old yep. boy. And his performance, the whole movie rested he was seven on when that. he did it, by the way. Playing yeah. a five-year-old. And um, do you know, you've seen his sister, Emma, in another movie. 
She was the girl in the movie The Judge. Oh, huh. Yeah, I remember the little girl. Absolutely. Yeah, his two siblings are also actors. You know, the movie hues pretty closely to the book, where the first half is spent in room, and the second half is spent outside room. And when I went to see the movie, I totally thought I would have the opposite reaction. So I know this is counterintuitive when you think about where I stand on movies should move, but I actually liked the first half better as a movie and the second half better as a book. First half better as a movie, second half better as a book. Because you mean because it was poorly directed no, no, or written it's or counterintuitive. I thought the camera work in the first half of the movie was exemplary. And when you say to me that you're going to film a good chunk of a movie in a room that is 11 feet by 11 feet and nobody leaves that room, you know me. I probably have a mini case of claustrophobia anyway. <laughs> she did. They had they had a few issues when they you were know, in there. No and question. My sister made a comparison that I thought was brilliant. She said said the movie version of Room reminded her of the diving bell and the butterfly. Do you remember the, mm-hmm. that was also yeah, you I know, do. based on a real story. Yeah. And the camera work where you're every prop in that room has special meaning where you see it from the boy's perspective, where he thinks that is his entire world, I thought was so well done. The way they shot it is very interesting. Every panel in the room could be taken out so that the camera could sit in whatever panel from the viewpoint that they wanted. Mm -hmm. So all of those panels that you saw on the walls and everything could be removed and the camera could be put there. So the camera was always inside the room. There was no outside the room. It was all filmed from inside that box so that you could get that sort of perspective around it. But I just felt like it was, you know, there wasn't enough story to tell. You know, the point they were trying to make inside the room is how that's all there was, was what was inside the room. And they made it too many times in in your face and and too much around it. So whenever you have don't have enough story to tell, the actions are all similar, then I think it's a problem. And I almost feel like, okay, by dividing it in half, it was like, okay, we have to show half of it here. I think this is one of the movies where they should have gone back and forth. And I think they should have done that in the book as well. What's interesting about the premise of the book and the movie is that in room, they shared everything. And ironically, it's when they make it out of room that he has to learn about boundaries. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Well, the boundaries part, I think, is the biggest part, you know. I just I just couldn't stand the the voice of the boy in the book. And I guess, you know, if I were in a book club, one of the great questions that could come out of this would be how much voice really matters in a book and point of view. And was the reason this book did so well because the point of view was from a place we've never seen before? I think both the book and the movie could serve as a master class in discussing point of view because you saw a completely different world through this boy's eyes. Uh You know, when that mouse comes inside his room and he thinks, oh, there's something else alive, there were some heartbreaking moments. You know, his mother trying to get him to exercise, running from wall to wall so that his muscles are developing even though he's in this locked down world. Um, But the second half, I thought, interestingly, when they got to the outside world was more interesting in the book because you could cover a lot more detail. So for example, things like imagine in the book, he goes to a mall. I'm daunted by malls where I've always been in the outside world. But even that didn't, you know, I didn't think that was realistic in the book. There's no way that, that her brother and his wife would have taken the kids to the mall. I, I mean, it just... 
you know, they were going to they were going to the Museum of Natural History. They just wouldn't have made that pit stop with a kid in that particular situation. It just didn't make sense to me. You know, it's such a tight tight tale that you you have to wonder, do you think people want to go see the movie after reading the book? In other words, is it a story you want to hear twice? Because I didn't. Did you feel that way? I was so curious to see how they would adapt this book into a movie because of the challenges of such a limited world. And then to show a world to somebody who's never even seen another human being really outside of his mother. It was a good reminder of what is too visual for a movie and what is not visual enough. So for example, in the first half of the book, when I read about old Nick, they say our brain is our most powerful organ and you can make him so creepy in your own head. And in the movie, I thought that wasn't as powerful because the actor could never seem as creepy as he did in the book to me. Huh. Interesting. And the one big difference I have to say that I was so relieved they did not show in the movie, which I thought was overdone in the book, was how much they made out of her breastfeeding him. Well, you know, this kid is a kid actor, and frankly, you know, he has rights, and one of them (laughs) would not be that, Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Right. But even to discuss it with the doctor, because it totally, totally creeped me out. And yet I thought the book did a better job of showing organically how she made the best of completely unimaginably terrible circumstances, which once they were in the outside world, what was such good mothering inside the room could be seen as such bad mothering outside the room. Yeah. You know, it's funny because this book, um, you know, Lit Lovers suggests books that are coming out as movies that we should do. And I didn't see what would there was that much to discuss in book group about this book. Did you? It was, again, fascinating in many ways. So to think about the fact that this boy locked in a room had no depth perception in terms of his vision or what was beautifully portrayed in the movie as well as the fact that he didn't know how to go up or down stairs. The fact that he got sunburned or had to worry about germs or heartbreaking moments where he's meeting the grandparents and one says, how do you do? And he says, you're welcome because he knows that there's a phrase that's required that shows politeness, but he's never met another human being. So intellectually, it it really appealed to me on that level of what would that do to your operating system to be born into these circumstances? Uh, You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 it was not a book that I would have read on my own. And if it had been a book, by the way, you can breeze through that book because it just reads really fast. You don't have to slow down to think about it. It's just all sort of mm-hmm. seeps in. So, you know, it's not it's not a book like I Am Alala that you could, you know, you start thinking about what something was like or another, you know. At the same time, I do think this is sort of the sensationalism of the way we live our lives. Like, you ha- it has to be hugely sensational for us to feel it anymore. We've got, we've been we've been you know exposed to so many terrible things now, and certainly a lot of book groups have used the book and loved it. But the movie's not getting a huge exposure, and it's not being well well received in terms of numbers of people going. Mm-hmm. So the the reviewers are saying it's doing really well, but it's not selling out, and it isn't playing in in tons and tons of theaters. So it did, it's not getting the exposure that, that, um, that the Hunger Games got, although there are millions of people who have read the books. So I don't know what that means, but it certainly means something. 
to me, one of the interesting things about the book and the movie, we're just thinking about what I would have thought would be absolute. So for example, the father in the movie portrayed by William H. Macy, where he can't even bring himself to look at Jack. And when you think about it from his perspective, I'm sure he's thinking, okay, this terrible kidnapper, um, sexual abuser is biologically the father of this kid. This means so many things to me. I can't look him in the eye. And when you start to really think about it, if I were in those circumstances, I think that child would be the only saving grace for me because mentally I would have cracked up long before if I had spent well, that, seven and that's years what she says. Up yeah, alone. she's she's very clear about that he saved her. You know. Mm-hmm. You chose to tell Jack that room was the whole world, that there was nothing else. Good morning, lamp. Good morning, plant. Good morning, sink. I wanted him to feel safe and that it was a great place for him to live. Did you ever think you would be free? I think the reason she tries to kill herself in the movie, which is much clearer, um, you know, is is because... When the, when the reporter asks her, which is, again, a little more, it's a little more distinct in the, in the movie than it is in the book, when the reviewer says to her, well, wouldn't it have been better for him if you had begged him to put him on a hospital step? I think that's when she thought, oh, my God, did I do it for him or for me? You know, did I, did I not do that? Was I acting in his best interest, you know? Um, I, I thought the book covered that territory in much better detail. Yeah, I did too. What was so heartbreaking in the book, I couldn't tell if it was just more accelerated in the movie because in the movie, I thought she came across as much sharper towards the child, scolding him more. She seemed a little meaner in the outside world in the movie. Obviously, she has massive adjustments to undergo, but in the book where they spend more time in the hospital before she moves back in with her mother. It unfolded at a much better pace where there were so many things they had to learn. Even when he was dangling out of that sixth floor window in the book where he's like, mommy, mommy, look, I'm half inside, half outside. Or how heartbreaking was that when he missed room and wanted to go back in the book and wanted rug and wanted these, what to her were appalling, disgusting objects to come back into their day-to-day lives. I Which thought I, to- the- I actually totally understood. That I totally understood me. it. Yeah. In, in the book, I thought emotionally that hit a much truer note when they go back to room that she physically gets sick to her stomach. In the movie, you didn't see the physical toll that trip took on her yeah. as you no. did in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought the policewoman in the book was an even richer character than in the movie. I thought that oh was my God. I, well, intriguing certainly how the they dialogue found the shed. to yeah, the dialogue that got him to speak to they got they got to the to where she was was definitely better in the book and it could have easily been recreated better in the movie. That was they definitely missed that missed out on that. Okay, so what do you think you would have missed most? Had you been put in room? I was thinking about this because to me, one of the interesting things about the concept of this book and movie is how you can draw so many analogies to other circumstances. But to me, it would have to be human conversation. You can obviously have it with a child. And I loved experiencing his acquisition of language. But if I didn't have another human to talk to, I would crack up quickly. What about for you, Hollister? I, you know, I think probably what would disturb me most is that nobody knew what happened to me and wondering mm-hmm. how they were be, being able to go on. Although there probably aren't that many people who would have been wondering. <laughs> but it's an unusual opportunity for an actor to act in that kind of situation because it gets you really get to show your stuff. You know, you either have it or you don't. 
Brie Larson did a terrific job. I mean, yes. Room is yes. a far cry from Trainwreck, yeah. where she played the sister. I mean, this is yeah. like an actor's dream. Yeah. Um, but I thought something that was done very well in the book, and again, I think it's a high concept book. So you're right. I didn't think there were certain lines that were written where I think, oh, that's such a beautiful turn of phrase. But his concept of time, where he said outside time is all mixed up. All he hears is hurry up, Jack, hurry up, Jack, where, of course, in room, time stood still. And I thought that was a very interesting concept. Yeah, time stood still until it came time for, you know, um, you know, the guy to arrive at night. And then everybody was hurrying to make sure he was in the in the wardrobe and everything else. And also, I don't think they should have, I think the author should not have called it a wardrobe because the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is one of the great books of all time. And I didn't like it tainted. <laughs> well, you know, the level that she goes to protect her child yeah. in such dire circumstances, because to me, that was a line that I found gut-wrenching when she made sure he was always in wardrobe when old Nick came over and he wasn't allowed to look through the slats. When old Nick says to her, you know, you do to him what I do to you you lock him up in that wardrobe. I, oh. But I did cry in it. There were some, some moments that really, really haunted me. You know, I also thought the book did a better job of showing how impossible it was for her to escape. You know, I thought the best scene in the entire book and the movie is when he's in the truck, you know? And even though I mm -hmm. knew when I saw the movie, I know that he gets away. You know, you're, you know they, they drag it out just long enough that it, it really, really did work, I think. One thing that I, I really do want to give it up to Emma Donahue is her level of research for this disturbing plot. I thought it was very interesting, the other groups, the other demographics she studied to write this book. Well, she, she said she got obsessed with the topic. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it, again, that voyeuristic thing of, oh my God, how could that happen? And she just delved into it in that huge, huge way. But she it did. was also interesting, she studied Swedish prisons because in Swedish prisons, mothers are locked up, but during the day, their kids can go out to school and then they come back into the prison. So she thought that was analogous. She studied refugee kids and how they have to change cultures because yeah. she thought that was similar. And kids, of course, being better at adapting than the parents. She looked at cults. She met with trauma coaches. Her level of research was very, very high. Well, great research, not such great writing. <laughs> you know one character who visually looked completely different to me in the movie than in the book? The stepfather? Leo. Yeah. You know how in the book he's bald and yeah, the John uh, yeah, Allen was character. Not, but I loved him. I mean, actually, he's I the one who made me cry too. when he, you know, when yes. he. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was an amazing moment that this man, you know, uh, was so kind and so, really saw what Jack needed, which was, you know, was absolutely lovely. I so. loved that scene of male male bonding. I thought it was mm. terrific. But I do. I will say to book lovers everywhere, to lit lovers, that. I think um, I think seeing this film after you've seen the book, while it does it is a little bit redundant, it, it is sort of does give a visual to it that's a little that's long lasting and certainly worth it. So I would recommend that people do both. Would you? I think it's a terrific thing to see how the same writer wrote both pieces and and truly how they adapted this book yeah. into a movie, I think is so interesting. Yeah. That's probably the most interesting thing to discuss of all, for sure. And it is amazing to see what affects you more in which medium. So for example, in the movie, when she's drilling him on how to escape and kept rolling him up in that rug, that scene where he unfurls himself and then he just screams at her, I hate you. I thought that was 
very visceral in the movie. Yeah, very well done. Excellent. And to perhaps leave on a light note, when Jacob Tremblay first met the director, who's also Irish, Lenny Abramson, he said to him, you know, you talk like the Lucky Charms guy. <laughs> it was, I thought, a kind of a cute statement by a little kid. A <laughs> tremendous actor. Yeah, well, he, you know, both of them, I think, we'll, we'll see them up for an Academy Award for sure. 